time. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. And just this past year, the Cat Writers Association awarded Arden the coveted President's Award, given exclusively to the best of the best. Arden is driven to live her motto, bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby, because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Pause up, pet pals. Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Today, we're going to go to the dogs with a pair of the world's best canine experts. Now, that's something to woof about. First up, I am honored and delighted to welcome to our show a leading authority on all things DOG. She is a certified veterinary behaviorist. She operates the Florida Veterinary Behavior Service Center. It's based in West Palm Beach, and she's a best-selling author and pretty cool person. Please give pause and applause to Dr. Lisa Radasta. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lisa. Thank you. It's nice to see you again. <laughs> it is. I'm in Ard's Den. So, Dr. Lisa, there's a lot of things that confound us as to why dogs do what they do. But for today's show, I want to focus on two quirky canine behaviors. And I'm so happy you can help us solve the mysteries. I mean, first of all, why do dogs shake? Are they like trying to channel their inner Elvis? I don't know. And why do some dogs seem to just revel in gutting those stuffed toys right after you vacuum the living room rug? So are you ready for some fun, folks? The expert is in the house. So let's get into it because you are a veterinarian and you're certified in behavior. So that means you can help us with the medical and the behavior reasons. Sometimes dogs shake, but there's a lot of medical and behavior reasons, right? Yeah, absolutely. So when you look at shaking, you want to think two veins. You want to think either fear, anxiety, stress, phobia, panic, right? Or right. you want to think neurologic Ooh. pain, right? Pain can be anything. Pain yep. can be gastrointestinal pain. Pain can be orthopedic pain. So there's a lot of different reasons. So we're going to call shaking or trembling, yeah, that's a, a non-specific sign, right? So non-specific is just what it sounds like, but that's a medical term for, we don't know. Could be anything. <laughs> but it's fancy pants. You did it in a fancy pants way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, there's also the shakes where dogs are just so overly excited. I mean, Kona, sometimes I don't know if she just lost all her bones in her body because it's all rubbery and she's gleeful. Yeah. Yeah. And so you bring up a good point. How are we going to distinguish between excitement, fear, anxiety, stress, phobia, panic, and pain? All right. So excitement, you described it. She's a noodle. She has no bones, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, she is a noodle. Just, uh, so relaxed. And so you're looking at a dog who is relaxed, rather her muscles are relaxed, right? Okay. Now, fear, anxiety, stress, phobia, panic, tension. That's tension. muscle tension. And you're probably going to see other body language cues that fit. So ears back, tail down, lowered body, hiding, moving away, crying, whether it's barking or whining, right? You're going to see those signs that fit. Pain, pain's hard because dogs can't just say, 
I feel sick to my stomach. Okay. Okay. So you're going to see some muscular tension. You're going to see some signs that really fit with fear, anxiety, and stress, even when your dog is painful. But what you'll see probably additionally is that your dog doesn't move around very much. Wow. Okay. So you can, you can see how you can get confused, right? I have a dog who's trembling and hiding. Okay. Well, I just kind of put on your canine Sherlock Holmes hat, right? Right. Okay. Right. Right. You're like, I heard on Arden's podcast that we (laughs) should be thinking fear, but then you think, wait a second, is my dog hiding or is he in the corner because he can't move because his legs hurt. Right. Mm -hmm. So I always say, assume pain. I like that because pain is a four letter word. We never want to happen to our pets. Exactly. Exactly. Pain is worse than the F-bomb. You do not want it. Okay. Good thing you said it that way because we are. We have some <laughs> rules on radio, but very nicely done. Very tactful. Um, so, yeah. And, and also, you may be petting or giving your dog a belly rub, which you always do. That's what they do, right? They do a right. little snap at you, right? Right, right. Well, that is uh, for various reasons. First of all, they could hurt. Yeah. I'm always going to go back to pain. And like so that. often I sit with clients and they say, but he's not crying out. He's not limping. And I say, hold on, look at my face. Am I in pain? Well, how would I know that? Well, right. I am in pain. I'm 52. My hip hurts a lot of the time. (laughs) Okay. But you don't know. So I don't have to be screaming to be in pain or be enduring pain. Okay. So that's, that's kind of one thing that we want to always think about is that number two, you know, as well as I do that belly rubs to people don't mean the same thing as belly rubs in a dog's mind. Okay. So two dogs, a baby, eight week old puppy, a belly rub is not a pleasurable thing. Okay. It is when a dog rolls over onto his back, he's saying, stop. There's a big, huge stop sign on his chest and you will watch other dogs play and you'll see the other dog will sniff a little bit, be like, all right, man, I gotcha. I'm going to walk away if it's normal play. Now dogs learn to like belly rubs. Because it feels good, but some dogs never learn to like that. I like that. So you want to be careful with the belly rubs. You want to look at the body, noodle, relaxed. That usually, not always, but most of the time is a dog who's enjoying that. Big, 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 big tail wag. Enjoyment. Super fast, little tail wag. Nervous. Body tense or just the back of the body showing the belly, but the front is closed. That's a do not pet. So always use caution, even with your own pet when doing a belly rub. And I I think when you're talking about the shaking, the belly rubs, it almost like we humans need to start looking like and acting like pet detectives and don't just assume things. And I mean, I teach pet first aid and I'm always teaching people to be a pet detective. Look for the signs, report to your veterinarian specifics, what you see, hear, smell, safely touch. But I'm asking you because we love our pets and we sometimes get in to a habit of just taking them for granted and saying, hey, yeah, they're just cool. But they're sentient beings with a whole array of emotions like us. So is there some tips that you could help us maybe look at our dog in a better way? Yeah. So the first thing I want you to do is assume that your dog speaks another language. They're loved like family, but they don't speak our language. So as soon as you start viewing them as a a person or a being that can't communicate with you well, you will slow down. 
Okay. And you'll start to observe more. Number two, know your body language. On our website, flvetbehavior.com, we have body language pages for dogs and cats, and we have links to other sites with great body language resources for you. You can also follow us on Instagram and and Facebook because we put up body language on a regular basis. Yeah, and we want to make sure we get all those links in. And I'm telling you guys, her website rocks. It's got great information. And uh, so so looking at body language, I don't know if people are, do you think the people are finally starting to get connect the dots that this is a visitor from Dogtopia and you have to speak to them in a clear, concise, consistent manner. Yeah, no, people aren't getting it. And I know that you know this, Arden, but I'm going to share it with your your listeners and your viewers. The most likely person to be bitten, aside from a child in your home, most likely stranger to be bitten is a person who says, don't worry, I'm a dog person. Those people are the most inappropriate people with dogs. And if we look to the literature, which I love to talk about the literature and research, we know that pet parents, even experienced ones, are not very good at identifying fear and fear that leads to aggressive responses. Okay, so we know that our pet parents, even experienced ones, aren't good at it. That's why we need people to educate themselves on body language. You will be shocked once you start really standing back and looking at your dog. I'm going to give you one fun thing you can do. We're going to do that right after our break because we want to tease our folks to stay tuned. So we're going to take a a brief break, talk with our sponsor, and then we're going to come back and she's going to give us the scoop on fear. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. We're talking with Dr. Lisa Radasta. She is the head of the Florida Veterinary Behavior Service. It's based in West Palm Beach. And she also is the co-author of a breakthrough, major, game-changing book. It's called From Fearful to Fear Free. She wrote this with uh, some of her associates from the land of Fear Free Pets, fearfreepets.com and flvet behavior.com. Did I do it right? That's right. Okay. So you teased us a little bit. So let's get into I'm a dog person. Yeah. I kind of cringe when somebody says either two statements, I'm a dog person, or I like dogs better than people. And I'm like, well, I kind of still like people. Um, So take it away. (laughs) (laughs) So here is my quick way for you to start to understand your dog's body language. I want you to do a consent test and you can search on YouTube or Google uh, consent test dog, and you'll probably get some good videos that show you how to do it. But this is it in a nutshell. 
I'm sitting at my office chair. My dog walks up. I put my hand out. Okay. I'm not in his face. I just put it up, right? <laughs> and he comes over and nudges it. I'm going to pet for a limited number of pets or a limited number of time. I'm going to do pets because it's easier for me. Okay. Five pets. I'm going to pet five times. Then I'm going to stop and leave my hand available to him. If he walks away, he didn't want more petting. Good idea. Yeah. If he nudges me, he wants more. How do now, you say that? I love that word. Say it again. Nudge. Nudges. I love how you say it. Nudges. <laughs> Here's the yeah. thing. I sat with a client the other day. It was her, and I'd known her and her dog for like eight years. Now he's an old man, and there's a new man in the family who wants to have a great relationship with this dog. And I said, do a consent test. And he said, no, no, he likes it. I pet his head. Then I pet his shoulders. Then I pet his belly. I'm like, ah, no consent is per body part. I'm going to do five pets on the head. I'm going to pull my hand away, but leave it available. My dog Maverick is going to nudge it. And then maybe he moves his shoulders under my hand. You know how dogs do. Yeah. So I'm going to pet the shoulders consent to pet the head. It's not consent to touch the tummy. All right. Well, moving on, because I did promise our, our great loyal audience that the great Dr. Lisa Verdasta is going to also talk about that fun, quirky behavior of gutting toys. Now, I have a stash of toys and I have Kona and Emma. And I am so happy because they're finally gently playing tug with each other because one's 35 pounds, one's not even nine pounds. I'm so embarrassed. Never had such a tiny dog. My last dog was 90 pounds. But I look at the living room. I I turn my back and it's like litter everywhere. What is going on with gutting toys with dogs that are indoors? They're they're part of the family. Yeah. So that's normal behavior. What you guys want to think about is where did these behaviors come from evolutionarily? Play comes from predation. Okay. Think of it that way. Part of what you're seeing your dog do is be a predator, sort of. And he's going in for the kill. He's tearing that toy up. Another thing is that it's fun for the dog. (laughs) So forget predation. It's just plain fun and it's normal. And some of the best advice I can give any pet parent is to accept your dog for who he is. And the reason I'm going there, even though you asked me about tearing up toys, is because I meet a lot of pet parents. What they'll say to me is... I can't give my dog toys. He tears them up. And I'm like, what the what? Are you in crazy town? Yeah. No. If he tears up toys, you have to give him more toys. Yes. He that's does. why I keep a stash and I have a good vacuum cleaner. Right. So a long time ago, I was listening to Oprah and she said, if someone tells you who you, who they are, you should listen. And I think that's good advice. Your dog is telling you who he is. He likes to destroy stuff. So find stuff he can destroy. Now, I hear you already. I hear people thinking, (laughs) well, this isn't safe. Okay, right. I agree. Well, I do it supervised. Right. I don't do it when I I don't hand him a stuffed toy and walk out the door. I I do teach pet first aid. I do want to keep them safe. I do it when it's a supervised play. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Supervised play. Things your your dog can't ingest. I get a lot of... um, questions about like, what is, what are the toys for Rottweilers? What are the toys for pit bulls, et cetera? I don't have a toy that a Rottweiler, I had them for 20 years. I don't have a toy that they can't destroy. You got to watch your pets. And I think in a way, let's do this, Dr. Lisa, you, you get to watch them. You don't have to pay admission ticket. 
you can turn off Netflix. You actually get to engage with your pet and enjoy and be in the present moment, which we all need. Yeah, that's hard for us, especially I feel like these past two years, we all wanted to work at home. But what I'll tell you about working at home is that the work never stops. You can't like escape that space. And so, you know, helping, making yourself be present, I think is really important. Yes. I think people also deserve to know a little bit about you, Dr. Lisa. What made you um, specialize in behavior? And tell people a little bit about your, your center you have in, based in West Palm. You're really helping save lives by educating us two-leggers on why dogs and cats do what they do. Well, so I'm a board-certified veterinary behaviorist, a veterinary psychiatrist, and I do this because I love, love, love it. Like, I really love it. I live it. And what we do as board certified vet behaviorists is we see cats and dogs and bunnies and birds and turtles that have serious behavior problems and need a full assessment, like looking at the physical health, the emotional health, the whole picture. There's not a lot of veterinary behaviorists that are certified. They're board certified by the AVMA. So, I mean, is it how many could it fill a bus? uh, Well, yeah, we can fill a school bus. Okay. Um, so yeah, no, we have about, I think 91 now. That's or not a lot. It's not a lot, right? It's not a lot, but with the advent of uh, the use of telehealth, we are really accessible. So Good. I don't want people, you know me, you know me so well, you know, my message is always there's help, there's help, there's help. Right. And I think there's going to be glass half empty people who are going to say, but the nearest vet behaviorist is three hours away. Right. But there's telehealth now. There's options. You are never any more than a Zoom call from help. Really, And I like that because you are kind of one of the leading edge veterinarians that embrace telehealth. And during COVID, I think you're able to show people it works. It works. Yeah. And, you know, is it as good as sitting in a exam room with me? No, but if you can't get to the exam room and during COVID, we couldn't because we were scared and we didn't want to get sick and make our loved ones sick. So that's when we started really saying, Hey, how can we do this? And by the way, cats and dogs are afraid of the vet. So if I can keep them from having to get in the car, why wouldn't I do that? Well, we've got about 30 seconds left. Tell people what the heck fear free pets is and why it's such a game changer. Fear free pets. And I want fear free, happy homes is really the website that I love the most educates pet parents and vets about the emotional well-being of dogs and cats. And it considers the whole animal, which is how we should be looking at all of our loved ones, including our pet. All right. Hey, we've been talking to Dr. Lisa Rodasta, flvetbehavior.com, fearfreepets.com, and fearfreehappyhomes.com. Thank you so much for being a guest on our show. Thanks, Arden. Bye. All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, after the break, we're going to bring up uh, the lead trainer for Fear Free Pets, and she is Mikkel Becker. So just sit and stay. We got a whole second half of the show to come. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. 
Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. In continuing today's dog-themed show, raise your paw if you're getting frustrated by your dog's behavior while on leashed walks. Or are you maybe looking for that mute button for your bark, 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 bark dog? Hey, help is here. Our next guest is the lead trainer for Fear Free Pets. She's a best-selling author. And oh my gosh, she's got so many credentials behind her name. She wears many, many collars in the pet world. Please give pause and applause to the remarkable Mikkel Becker. Welcome to the show, Mikkel. So good to be with you, Arden, my friend. We've been <laughs> friends for so many years and I just love you. So um, I have my uh, little dog, Emma, for all you YouTube viewers. Kona, Kona, come back up here. Kona, come up. And Casey, the cat is sleeping over here. Shall tell the world for the ears only and for those tuning into our YouTube channel, who do you have? So I have Otis right next to me. He is, <laughs> he, he is our hot mess of a dog. He's, but he, he's our, uh, what we call our, pro, our problem child, but our very, very loved child. He, he went through, we were fifth home by the time he was seven months of age, which is Pretty Wait a minute, slow down. Her. He was in six homes before birthday number uno? Well, we were his fifth home by oh. the time he was seven, seven months old. So just over half a year old. And yeah, he had been oh, through a ton of homes and he was at the rescue and she was waiting for just the right home. And once I got him, I realized why, because he is definitely the, the is it's it, like is, she said, he's a hurricane of a dog. So the O in Otis stands for ornery? I think so. Yes. But he looks so chill right now. Come he does. On. <laughs> it's because you've worked your magic, your training magic, right? He adores oh, yes. you. Oh, we are so close. Like he, it, you know, I like to joke. It's like one of those things where I've, I've found a lot of humor in his antics because he has such a personality and he's just one of those. He's like, he puts Marley to shame with some of the <laughs> stuff that he does. So it's, yeah. It's, but yeah, he's, he's so special. What's just one thing so he does that um, people will say, well, that's a dog, but what's Otis do? What's a trademark? Oh my goodness. So he is like the, the Pekingese in him where he loves, 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 loves to bark at anything and everything. So this, this topic is very personal to me because I've lived this out with a dog that loves to bark. And so he barks for many different reasons, but especially if he sees anything, hears anything different, strange, he's going to bark. And so I've learned how to manage that, which how is can be very bark? frustrating. What's his bark like? It actually sounds pretty big for being a small dog. It sounds pretty big. It's one of those, <clears throat> you know, the, the ruff, 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 and then he'll, he'll bark. <laughs> and then, and then he's gotten to the point now where he kind of checks in, he runs and he checks in with me, which is is good. So he'll come back and then, then he'll ah, growl, you know, and then go back if he doesn't find me or something. And yeah, it's, it's that's a good thing. So we've got two topics that we're covering and, and one of them is the bark, bark, bark. And the other is, you know, you're on a leash and, and you want to have a nice walk with your dog and the dog has other ideas. So since we got Otis, Otis here, too. yeah, <laughs> of course it's Otis, but you also have a couple other cool dogs. I love their names. 
the one that is endearing to me was where I'm from originally. Your dog's name is? Indiana Bones. <laughs> Indiana Bones. And then you have a new dog uh, you just recently adopted. And he, yes. she is? Her name is Nova. And she's some kind of mix of, she's about 65 pounds. She is just so sweet. Does the full body wag, big big tail wag and wiggles and just loves toys. She's, she's amazing. She and, and Indiana bones actually are the same color, oh. but about 45 pounds difference between <laughs> them. <laughs> well, before we dive into these uh, doggy dilemmas, I want people to get a better understanding of what fear free pets is all about. You're the lead trainer. I mean, but you've got uh, so many other training credentials you're a certified professional dog trainer. You've been trained by Karen Pryor, Mikkel Becker. Is it that com or do you want them to go to Fear Free Pets? Where do you, where do yeah. we go to find out? Uh, Fearfreehappyhomes.com is perfect. So okay. Fearfreehappyhomes.com and also a new podcast called Happy Paws. Happy Paws. Is that on the Fear Free Happy Paws? Okay. Yeah, you can find you can find Happy Paws on basically anywhere that you get your normal podcasts. Yeah, it's like our there. show, right? Yeah. That's mm-hmm, cool. Exactly. Right. From one mic to another. Mike, 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 Jack. So um, what made you get into this line of work? I know you have a famous father, Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. But uh, I don't think you said I, I want to blaze my own trail in the world of pets, right? Yeah. You know, I, I grew up loving animals. I, I was pretty shy when I was younger and went through a really <laughs> shy phase when I moved from Southern to North Idaho in about sixth grade. And so I just really connected with my dog, with my horse and started working with them and, and grew to really love it. At the time I was doing a different type of training that wasn't the type that I, I now do. And okay. so at the time I thought, cause it was pretty harsh and pretty rough. And I was, my dog well, that was, my was baby. back in the time. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And so that was, that was kind of the, the regular training style back then. And I went to one of the obedience uh, classes with my dog and I, I came out of the class and I told my mom, I'm like, I never want to train again. Like if that's training, I'm never going to be a trainer. Like I'm never like training. Like a leash and, jerk or whatever. Yes. Yep. Rip my dog off her feet for, for growling and, and snapping at another dog, but they, they brought the dog super, super close to her and she was reactive on leash. Yeah, and so, yeah. and so yeah, it, it really stunned me and, and hurt me. I felt so horrible. And so I thought, gosh, I'm never going to do that again. And, you know, lo and behold, Scooter goes from being this, this really reactive, naughty dog in class to, we end up doing 4-H together and just through a different type of training and just kind of doing it on my own. Yeah. It started to be, started to be a lot more positive and more like just bond based. And I've learned so much more even since then, but it was just so cool to go from her being the naughty dog to all of a sudden she's obedience champion of not only our, our class, but like of the, the whole <laughs> group of ages. And I'm like, wow, this is just, it was just unbelievable. I was truly in shock. I couldn't believe that she, she could do that. So, you know, I, I loved her so much and, you know, accepted her as she was. And then, yeah, she goes on to be a very well-behaved dog. And, and years later, you've written a number of books. You're part of the Fear Free Pet Movement. Um, I love the one book. It's great, everybody. I'm showing it to our YouTube folks. It's called From Fearful to Fear Free. Um, and she is one of the co-authors. And I think, uh, I guess in a short term, positive reinforcement. And I love that you said bond training, not James Bond, but bond training. What do you mean by that? So a lot of it is about really connecting with your pet. So being able to give them feedback as they're going, being able to use your voice, your, your own body language. Pets respond so much to what we do 
And so it's important for us to guide them and guide them proactively rather than waiting when they're kind of in, in the, the minute they're in the middle of a messy situation, then we might react. Instead of that, we want to intervene early and give them that early guidance and really reinforce that. A lot of times we don't reinforce the good behaviors that we see. We only kind of ignore them, let them be like, you know, let, let sleeping dogs lie kind of thing. But yeah. then, yeah, what happens is that the dog learns, hey, they don't pay attention to me then. But when I jump up, when I bark, that's when they pay attention. So they start to do those other more kind of irksome behaviors that we don't <laughs> like, but they so, learn through time that that's what works yeah. for them to get what they want. So you need to say things like, good dog. Hey, yeah, got it. Yes, yes. More than, hey, what are you doing? Get off. Don't do that. So it sounds like that's that's the way to go, right? Exactly. And get, giving them that ability to choose is so important. So and letting them know what's going to happen. So same thing, whether it's with my horse, Chili, or it's with my dogs here, I'm letting them know what I'm going to do before it happens. So they have a choice in that situation. So rather than having to pull away or react, they're startled. If, if they start to show signs of avoidance before. So if, say, for instance, I'm spraying a bottle of, of spray that's like a deodorizing spray or a fly spray. I'm going to say the word spray. I'm going to then just do a little bit of spray on an, an area where they're more comfortable with it and then reward them for it. And so it ends up right. being a positive. Hey, everyone, we're speaking with Mikkel Becker. She's the lead trainer for Fear Free Pets, and she's got her adorable, sometimes ornery, Otis with her. <laughs> we're going to dive into making a leash walk much better, much saner, and how to stop marathon barkers after we take this break. So everybody sit, stay. We'll be right back. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Have you missed any of today's episode? Well, stop chasing your tail. We post past episodes and full-length video versions of our guest interviews on our website, fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. We have the one, the only, Mikkel Becker in the house. Well, we're in different locations using Zoom, but that's life. <laughs> and uh, I just am so glad she's here. I have a canine confession. I love, love, love pet safety dog Kona. She's my terrier mix. She is amazing. She's a certified therapy dog. When she's doing pet first aid classes, when we're at a conference, when we're on a photo shoot, you do it, she does it. But when she is just walking around the neighborhood after COVID, I'm sure a lot of folks can relate to this. She has now turned into, I saw a dog and I liked it. It's like a Katy Perry song. And, and she's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 and pulling and wanting to say hi to every dog in our neighborhood. And on the 4th of July, I had to bring her back home and she couldn't see the parade because she was too jazzed up to see the parade and it isn't 
anger, aggression. It's, oh my gosh, oh my dog. And so help, help people like us. She knows when she's on the clock. She knows when she's working, but she turns into crazy dog when it's off the clock. Any help? Absolutely. So what, so what you're describing there, it sounds like a very common thing that people face, which is that frustration that dogs feel on leash when they want to go say hi, they want to go up and investigate to go see the other dog to play or, or just yeah. to kind of check them out. And they're prevented from doing that when they're on the leash. And for other dogs, it can also be fear-based and anxiety, and they can't use their body language as freely as they would off leash, and they can't get away if they're afraid. So the leash really can, though it's uh, there for safety, we have to have it. It right. also can introduce this element of frustration with our dogs that we have to really tackle. And I can relate with that. My dog, Indiana Bones, the, the puggle, he gets the so puggle. excited. He loves other dogs and, and he just loves seeing them. So that's one thing that we've really worked with on leash since I've moved up to the South Hill in Spokane, where yeah. there are tons of dogs out walking all the time. So what do we do? Because I, I, so I want to take her for a walk and she walks with our little dog, Emma. Fortunately, Emma has got good leash manners. She's like, what is Kona doing, you know? What can we do? Because I've tried distracting her with treats, shortening the leash. Definitely. So a couple of things is sometimes I'll set up practice sessions. So even like on the outside of a dog park or like oh. an area where there are lots of dogs walking. And so just remembering that distance is your friend. So sometimes I, I've even started it right off of the person's porch, right at their front door. So just watching people or dogs pass by at a distance. So practicing it also with, with something that's more neutral to start off with. So practicing with a person, with a car, something that maybe that, that your dog isn't likely to react at. And what we do is we teach that automatic check-in. So okay. when they see that thing, they turn back towards us and they check in with us. Okay. And that has helped Indiana Bones so much because he really, he was so just like, ha ah, overly excited, <laughs> hard to, hard to contain, you know, it's just excitement, frustration. But now that we've practiced those automatic check-ins, it's almost become just this like conditioned that. response. When he sees that dog turns in, checks in with me, Biggest thing I would add is adding in really good, tasty treats. So okay. before I was using sort of middle of the road or lower value treats. And instead, what I've done is I've started to use like lean deli meats, uh, oh. some of those turkey hot dogs. Yeah. Which, Kona's a turkey girl. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so trying to use those really good treats like we would use for something that's a little higher of an ass, such as a nail trim, we can use that out on walks with them. So just really small pieces is all we need, but but it really helps to, to create that happy condition response and gets them turning towards us even faster. All right. I am going to try and incorporate these ideas. And Kona is very excited because I guess I have to go to the deli after the show. So thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, so let's, Kona. Let's, let's shift to uh, the dog that is even in your own house. Our dog's have a view of the uh, front house. Uh, they're on top of the couch. And I swear, I haven't even seen the dog or the person and they've already smelled or heard them. Now, I want us to learn how to help our pets become hush puppies. How do you find um, the mute button on Bark, Bark, Bark alerters? So the first thing to remember with dogs is that barking is just part of who a dog is. So, so to expect no barking at all is really <laughs> yeah. an unreasonable expectation. So but there's no canine mimes out there, I guess, as a career. <laughs> well, supposedly, I mean, there are certain breeds that, that speak less, but I, you know, it is, it is a thing for sure. Even, even the dogs that aren't known for barking, they have other sounds that they use. So there are different ways that they let us know that 
you know, there's someone that's intruding, there's something, a change in the environment. That's one of the reasons why dogs actually became close to humans in the first place was likely that, that element of guarding and that watchdog tendency that they have that would alert people to dangers. So there's that part in there, in them. That so it's, we I really, think it's good that they, they do an alert bark. It's just, exactly. I don't want a marathon bark. So help us. Totally. What do we do? So Kona or Emma just spotted intruder, intruder, AKA mm -hmm. the chewy.com delivery guy. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, so a couple of things that you can do. So first of all, if it's them barking when someone's at the door, what we want to do is teach them a calm behavior at the door and only open the door when they're quiet. So if we okay. start to open the door when they're barking, we, we are further reinforcing that bark. And so that's one of the problems I see all the time is that the person's in a rush to get that package. If it's something that can wait a couple of minutes, you know, practice with your pet and even practice prior to like when the package is there, Good. like having them sit, sit, the door opens when they're sitting, having them unleash you know, rewarding the quiet a few times as you're opening the door. And then eventually, you know, the box comes in like, oh, no big deal. It's just a box. Like, you know, or maybe yeah. said that really excite, exciting thing where it is the chewy box of their bark box. So then they they get that ultimate oh, they reward the of nose, being able the to nose, open nose. that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then what we want to do too is rather than getting frustrated with them and scolding them, instead what we can do is just offer like a thank you or okay, quiet. So it's more of just like, okay, I heard it. Like I get it. Because a lot of yeah. times I think, it really is them trying to alert us like, hey, there's a big change. Something's wrong. Like, and so once we're like, oh, okay, cool. Like I see it. I'm not worried about it. Like a lot of times they kind of calm down too. Yeah. And we can but, also. So they're smelling your emotional state, right? Totally. So the yeah. more worked up we get, the more it's almost like we're joining in the bark with them. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, there is danger. I guess I was right. There was something to be concerned about. They're barking yeah. too. And so, yeah, instead just saying, okay, thank you. And then giving them something else to do. That's that has helped a lot with Otis where then redirecting him to his bed, having him do a lie down. Then so he you gets might his toss treats. a treat to his bed or something. And exactly. Then, okay. And once mm -hmm. he goes to the bed, then you're saying, or I always say, um, find your spot or yeah, settle. That's perfect. And, and so I, I am lucky. They don't bark forever. And I feel like I'm glad they bark. Uh, mm -hmm. just to say, Me too. Hey. But I like your, okay, thank you. You gave little doggy manners and the dog's reading that energy saying, okay, it's her turn to take over, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's like, oh, okay. I guess every, everything's cool. Mom's got it. So <laughs> I can relax. Well, I haven't heard a single bark from Otis during this entire show. So have you been using your um, canine mojo on, on Mr. Otis? I definitely have. And that that's a big piece of it too, is like trying to stay in that Zen zone myself with him. And because, you know, it's so easy to sometimes feel frustrated or to be like, you know, to almost take it personally when our dogs act out, when really it's just, they they just need to be taught something different and making that reward worthy. So with Otis, it's, you know, I'm really, truly trying to practice what I preach with him. And, you know, the same with all the dogs. Well, I think it's interesting too. You didn't just get a puppy and 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 have all no problem dogs. You have picked a dog that has been in different homes and it's challenging, but I have a feeling Otis has made you a better trainer. Oh, he is a hundred percent made me a better trainer, like in every way, more compassionate, more understanding, more like I realize not every dog is one size fits all. Like sometimes you have to come up with different approaches and really, you know, as you have said with um, MacGyver, so really yeah. <laughs> MacGyver, like, okay, and like really do that, that doggy detective work to figure out, okay, what's really going on? What's the, the root issue here? And 
um, for him, a lot of it too has been addressing underlying separation anxiety and fear. I don't think he was well socialized. So it's like learning that new people are friends. So we have different routines when people come in the house. So trying to take care of that, that underlying fear that he has has made such a huge difference for him. So pardon the pun, it's almost like we have to put our reactivity on pause. Yes, <laughs> I love that. And, and wonder what is really going on. That's what it sounds like, right? Exactly. That's definitely it. Hey, we're talking to uh, Mikkel Becker, Fear Free, Happy Homes. She also has a podcast called Happy Pause. I'm just delighted that you've been a guest on our show. Thanks, Mikkel. Thank you, Arden. And Otis says thanks. Woof, woof to you, Otis. Hey, <laughs> you know, that's it for our show today. I also want to thank um, our wonderful sponsor, Tevra. They make a lot of great pet products. I want to thank all of you, pet pals, for um, tuning in and to all the stations airing our show coast to coast. So until next time, this is Arden Moore saying to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there, pause up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch full-length video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. And have a pawsome week. 